Welcome to Nerve of the Phone Podcast, where it's always time to get nerdified. After several years of anticipation, it's finally time for my review of No Time to Die, the final performance of Daniel Craig as James Bond. As a self-proclaimed Ultimate Bond fan, I was pleasantly surprised to give this film a 4.0 rating on a 5-point scale. Let's dive into why I enjoyed that so much next. Hi guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Glad to have you here for the long-anticipated review of No Time to Die. Well, man, I don't know where to begin. I suppose we should start with my favorite part, which is the musical score and the Billie Eilish-penned title song, No Time to Die. They are standout features of this film. The soundtrack expertly blends with the on-screen action and adds to the story instead of being a distraction. And that's a major highlight of the movie for me. If you're curious as to how I arrived at four instead of five or maybe even a zero, the answer is that going into No Time to Die, I already knew the movie's big secret which I'm not going to spoil yet, but by the end of this review, I will. If you don't want spoilers, as always, I recommend strongly that you watch the movie before you listen to this review. So pause right here, go watch the movie, come back at your leisure, and we'll get to talking, alright? Anyway, one, two, three, pause for you. Okay, everybody's seen the movie. That said, I think knowing the truth actually makes this film better and slightly worse at the same time. Alright, now we're going to get into the main uh, point of the review and the thing that I want to talk about the most, um, surprisingly, is not completely... um, what I was expecting it to be once I found out the big reveal. Alright, here's the spoiler. Last chance to tune out. Alright. James Bond actually dies at the end of No Time to Die. But like I said, to me, this is still a four-star film. And to me, that's very high praise. Um, my only five-star James Bond films are actually, um, it's, uh, GoldenEye and <laughs> You Only Live Twice. <laughs> Little quick shout-out to Goldfinger and that song, but yeah. And I've watched and listened to quite a few reviews of No Time to Die in anticipation of making this episode for myself. And um, the general consensus uh, seems to be that No Time to Die was a great wasted opportunity. And whether... 
Um, whether you love James Bond or hate James Bond, 007, um, basically, uh, the general consensus of the complainers seems to be that um, it was just a huge wasted opportunity. That said, I personally believe that the complainers are missing the point that um, this was the final Daniel Craig film. And basically, it perfectly bookmarks his story. Right? And if they hiatus the Bond franchise for a few years, like they did between 1988 and 1995, it's a good bookend to the entirety of the Bond series. It really is. If this winds up being, God forbid, the final Bond film, there would be there would have been far worse notes to have went out on. In my opinion. But, you know, there's no way to please everybody, and I get that. I get that. And I honestly think that a lot of the complaints for No Time to Die are coming from people that um, had no interest in actually watching the film and taking it on on its own merits. Everybody seemed to come into that review of No Time to Die with an agenda of some sort. I, I saw the words woke being strewn about left and right, everything like that. And I don't, I just don't see it. If anything, um, I, I think no, Di- no Time to Die is the most British, ironically, of all the James Bond films. And I think that's where American audiences may have been lost. Um, A lot of the sequences with James Bond's replacement 007 are very, very tongue-in-cheek on purpose. I mean, they don't exactly keystone cop her, but there's a literal sequence where James Bond and 007 are after the same doctor, and um, she falls into a wall with the doctor in a very Wile E. Coyote-esque style moment. It's one of my favorite scenes in the entire film. I love it. But, yeah, you know, just a, oh, the old dog still has it kind of moment. Synopsis. Basically, I like this film a lot. As I stated, maybe not so clearly, the only reason it's not a five is because it was not um, handled 100% correctly. It has its flaws. You can see it. Some things were rushed, and that wasn't anybody's fault. There was the pandemic, 
and everything like that that affected the shooting schedule, um, as well as the release date. So, you know, could they have done things better? Sure. If everything had went the perfect plan, I have no doubt in my mind that I would be giving it a five-star review right now. Um, as it stands, the actual review, uh, I think it's probably a 3.89, in my opinion. But we round up here. Just call it a four. Be done with it. Um, because I enjoyed my time with the movie. It made me feel all the emotions that the filmmaker wanted me to feel. Um, you know, everything like that. It's pretty straightforward and linear. Um, there's not a lot of mystery in it. And, I, you know, I could see where some people would give it a lower score uh, just because of that. But um, it has everything you want in a film in the action-adventure genre um, with some surprisingly poignant moments along the way. Not much else I can say about it today. I enjoy the film. It's 4.0 easily. Um, if you feel different, that's fine. I'm not your parent. You can have whatever opinion you want. But I do appreciate the fact that you tuned in today to listen to this old man rant about a movie. Thank you so much. We'll be back pretty soon with another new episode of Nerd with a Phone Podcast. Appreciate you guys. We'll catch you next time. As always, for Dreadful Rock 574, I've been your host, Charles, and you have been you. Peace. Peace.